Well, it's Saturday morning, whether we're ready or not, isn't it? But you know what? There is so much on the table this week. We've got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday games. We've got Saturday football. We're going to hear from Mo for Sunday football. Blackhawk West has got a special treat. Hector's got us some soccer for Saturday night. We got Charles from San Diego checking in during Wake and Bacon. Really, if you think about it, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. The cup of coffee and the, the I don't know, sativa and whatever you choose, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, when you work hard and you're tired, sometimes it's nice to have a buzz on. So what we're gonna do is go see what these guys say, and we're gonna cash tickets. When the data and the easy sports is going in the same direction, we know something's got to give with Mo from the Mo Radio Show. Mo, I was at a party seeing a, a baby, a new baby that we hadn't seen yet, and I felt horrible for you because we were all watching the game and all the girls were saying how handsome Tom Brady is. That's not how you feel, is it? Uh, F Tom Brady, you know. Um, no, you know, it, it it was crazy because I needed it to hit three different parlays. All I needed him to do was do what he's been doing and, uh, you know, win by six and a half. What happened was, that, you know, in week two, I had a chance to hit a gigantic nine-team parlay and Kansas City just couldn't beat Baltimore. And uh, and I should have cashed out on DraftKings early, and I didn't. So last week or two weeks ago, I, I cashed out early on a six-teamer and lost myself a bunch of money because they all hit. So this week I decided to let it ride, and it backfired again. Yeah, it's tough. Hedging is a whole different animal. But in the old days of hedging, you had to come up with money. Now that sports betting is legal and there's so many other places involved, they have that ability uh, that you could say, hey, you know what? If you win, it's worth a thousand. We'll give you four hundred now. You know, we'll give you five hundred, and the number actually changes, right? As the odds change. Yeah, I cashed out tonight at halftime for two dollars because I was too gun shy to let it ride. There you go. Take the money and run, baby. No, it, it really is. It's a situation where it's your money <laughs> until you give it away to somebody else. It's your money, you know. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I've been pretty good at giving, at getting there about ninety percent, and then giving away at the end. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about where you're at in, in, in this season. NFL week five, right? There's four games played by everybody. What, do you, what are you surprised about uh, so far, and what doesn't surprise you? Uh, well, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that the uh, West in both divisions is fantastic. Uh, it, it doesn't shock me that it's possible that a team with a losing record in the AFC South can make the playoffs. I think Arizona's probably been the most surprising so far. You know, they hung on a, a few times to win close games, and then they uh, went into Los Angeles last week and just beat the snot out of the Rams, who had been pretty darn good. So uh, Arizona's probably the one that uh, shocks me the most right now. And, and that's, a, that's a legitimate shocker, no doubt about it. All right, so we got three games that we're looking at. we got a game where both teams are winning, uh, 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 Another game, we, we're not even going to mention who's in the game. And then uh, a game that has a team that you've followed uh, in your career. So let's start with the Giants at Dallas. Well, you know, this one is uh, is interesting. 
can Dallas keep up the uh, the ton of scoring they've been doing? You know, and the Giants, they're looking to uh, build upon a, a win. Uh, you know, uh, Daniel Jones took care of the ball last week. They they looked good. Saquon Barkley wins it for him. Uh, you know, this is a game where I think that a lot of points will be scored. The Cowboys, although they got up on uh, Carolina last week, they did give up a bunch of points. They score a lot of points. Dak has been throwing for a bunch of yards. Uh, this week, I'm going to take the Cowboys minus the six and a half. I'm going to take the over uh, for what is so tempting at 52 and a half for these teams. And then I'm, uh, I'm doing a little prop. I'm taking uh, Dak to throw two plus touchdowns. Well, just so you know, in their last uh, 12 games at home, in the first half, 12 games. So that goes at home. That goes back way into last year. 11 and, uh, 11 and 1 over. 11 out of 12 of their first halves at home have gone over. The Giants, however, at home, um, uh, no, the Giants uh, overall, uh, 11 and 2. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dallas it goes over because they can score points and uh, they can give them up too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so tantalizing that 52 and a half. You're just like, wow, this just, it seems like a no brainer. So I may fall victim to it, but I'm taking the over at 52 and a half. Yeah. And, and again, um, you, if you're looking at the easy sports data, you got it, but look at that at, on the road. I said home, I think I'm at, uh, away away at on the road in their last 13 games. The giants are 11 and two. Who did not, who'd have thunk that? I mean, those not are me. Yeah, yeah, unless you have this date in front of you, you're not even going to see that because who would assume the Giants were that good against the spread in the game, 11-2 and two, uh, on the road? All right, when we get back from break, we're going to talk about a couple more games. One of them might might be painful. You're, you're listening to Something's Got to Give with Mo from the Mo Radio Show on To Be Determined. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Yeah, we got a couple couple games we're looking at here where something's got to give with Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on 2B Determined. Mo, uh, you've been a Colts fan because you, you, you're you there. I mean, you've covered them. You, you've been to their teams. Their, their team total has been winning me a lot of money, but they got a big, big game Monday. Yeah, you know, they, uh, they're the team that has been inside the 10-yard line the most of the season, and failed to score touchdowns they've scored twice i think in 14 or, or 15 times inside the 10 uh quentin nelson the uh probably one of the best offensive linemen if not the best in the league uh on ir ty hilton hasn't played this year carson wentz has just been bleh. uh you know but uh they go into a game monday night uh you know uh, against uh, baltimore where the Colts have a, a good uh, defensive line. They have good linebackers. Uh, you know, this is a game that could be interesting when it comes to kind of keeping, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson at bay and, and making him throw the ball to beat him. Uh, the Ravens have rushed for uh, 100 yards, tying uh, the Steelers of the 70s for 40-some uh, for, uh, games. Uh, so... <sighs> I'm, I'm taking my heart out of it. I'm taking the Colts plus the seven points because it is a touchdown. Uh, Baltimore's played a lot of close games this year. I, I think the Colts' defense can try to keep it close. Uh, 
I'm going to take the Colts plus seven. I'm going under the 45 and a half on this one. Yeah, so the stats I've got here in in their last 10, Baltimore's eight and two. Now, you mentioned the, the running yards, but most of that was their quarterback. This kid from Dallas is doing really well playing for the Ravens, huh? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the Colts are a small defensive team, but they're a fast defensive team, and that's what you need when you've got uh, when you've got some speed in the backfield, whether it be your quarterback or your running backs, uh, you know, nobody is a is a going to kill you on the outside on that team as far as receivers go. So if you can keep uh, that running game at bay, I think you have a chance to to keep it close and keep it a low scoring game. Uh, you know, the Colts are going to run the football a lot with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, neither quarterback is, is a world beater when it comes to passing the ball. So that's why I think, you know, seven seems like a lot for this game. I think it it, it should be closer, and I'm going to take the uh, the under. Uh, you know, and, and to tell you that I didn't bet with my heart on this one, I'm definitely not taking the Colts on the money line, which would, you know, be a pretty good payoff. But uh, I'm taking the Colts plus a seven and the under 45 and a half. And last seven on the road, 24 points or more. <laughs> the Colts have scored in six of them. All right, and we saved the Sunday night game for last because I wanted to give you a little more time to get over Kansas City burning you. Oh, God. you bad uh, a couple weeks back. But so what we got? We got Buffalo with all W's, nothing but W's, and Kansas City with nothing but L's. And yet people keep betting Kansas City and they're minus two and a half. Yeah, this is one where other than week one, Buffalo has just been world beaters. Uh, you know, they're scoring a bunch of points, so much so that Mitch Trubisky Scored a, a touchdown and cleanup duty last week in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo defense has played well, uh, but you know they haven't played anybody great. Uh, both teams can score a, a crap ton of points. Kansas City's defense is terrible. Uh, this game for me is a for sure over pick at fifty six and a half. And you know I, I think Buffalo could be on par with as good of offense as Kansas City. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm taking the three points and calling it a day. Well, you know, two of those last two games we mentioned, I've been telling everybody on our show, uh, Sports Betting Weekly, uh, on Thursday nights about my killer beat parlay. And I've been betting the first half with Buffalo and Baltimore now, and they just keep cashing for me. Not every week, but they've cashed almost every week. I think anytime you can get two teams that just keep covering the first half and you can parlay them and double your money, you're going to do that all day long. So go Bills. Yeah, with my itchy trigger finger now, I think I might be trying to see if I could figure out a way to bet the first six minutes and call it a day. <laughs> there you go. All right, buddy. As always, we appreciate your insight. We will talk to you next time. All right, my friend. There's nothing like Canadian football when it's Saturdays in Canada. And this week, Blackhawk West, it's Thanksgiving. It is the Canadian Thanksgiving coming up on Monday. It's a little so bit different we, than uh, we do here in the, in the States, but... We get three football games this Monday. We sure do. We get we get uh, CFL at, at noon central. Then we get CFL again at three central. And then we go into the Monday night football game, the, the Monday night American NFL game. You know, if you don't like Mondays this week, it's going to change. No doubt about it. But let's talk, first of all, about the game Saturday afternoon. So, you know what? Uh, we'll take it. We'll take anything we can get. It's always hard, though, to struggle to, to remember that CFL game is when we're getting wave after wave after wave of college football. 
Yeah. It, well, and it, it's it, we get we get the six o'clock game on Saturday, which is great. And it's a nice change of pace. The CFL is very fast paced. You know, some of these big primetime college games, there's a lot of commercials in some of them. You know, we're going to watch Penn State and Iowa. I mean, that's the biggest game of the week, ranking-wise. And we're going to see a lot of commercials. But this CFL, they just keep moving. And i got to tell you, I, I find it very entertaining to look at some of the products and, and vendors that they're, that they have north of the border. Well, yeah, it, it's, but we, we had that same experience when we first started streaming the NFL through Sky Sports and seeing what was over in England. It really is. It's pretty comical. You know, the, the funny part about it is I remember being at a game and Vicky asked me, what's that guy on the field doing? What's he doing? I said, that's the guy that's telling them they can't play yet because we're running commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is a repeat of this past week. So we're looking at Calgary going against Sask. This game, uh, this past week, uh, Calgary actually beat Sask and they, they beat him. Pretty convincingly, uh, they're coming off a bye. So you go two, you got two weeks to prepare for a team that statistically does not have a great defense, and you yourself, being Calgary, have a great defense. I, I like, I like your chances. So going into last week, that Calgary Sask, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But looking at this week coming up, this game is at Mosaic. Sask has only lost once at Mosaic. They're they're four in Winnipeg at home this year. So. Uh, Winnipeg's typically going to beat anybody wherever they go. So I, I like Sask at home. They're only they're only laying three points. Uh, this this can be a scary spot. I don't know that they're going to run away with the game. Fajardo's sort of a lot of interceptions this year, and Calgary surprisingly is one of the top defenses. And and uh, Sask actually allows points. The forty three and a half over uh, that that is also worth a look. But my play is Sask laying the three points at home at Mosaic. Yeah, no, when you look at the easy sports data, it shows that Calgary's not going to get whacked. They don't give up a lot of points. They they don't, and and they're probably going to get their chances on that SAS defense, but uh, they're not going to catch them sleeping, that's for sure, after punching them in the mouth last week. So we're, we're going into week 10, which is a little tick more than halfway through the season because uh, of COVID, this shortened season. But what are you seeing that's different than what you thought you'd be seeing? Well, I, I will tell you, it's very surprising to see Montreal as the top scoring team in the league. Now, granted, they hung 51 week, which which kind of inflated that number. But uh, I don't think there's any surprises out of Winnipeg. Uh, but what I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Montreal is the number one scoring team in the league. And I'm actually surprised that Sask is one of the one of the bottom three as far as points allowed. Uh, and then. And then, you know, there's kind of the, the three teams in the middle where you don't really know what to make of them. I, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, and, you know, Hamilton, I kind of throw into that as well. You don't really know what to make of them. We know what Ottawa is, no surprises. But, uh, you know, the biggest surprise for me is that Montreal is the highest scoring team that, that there is in the CFL. And, and at this point, I, I trust them. I trust them to hang points. I trust them to, to win. Uh, they proved it last week when we had them over Hamilton uh, as a dog outright for us. So, uh, they're, they're a good surprise. I'm starting to trust Toronto a little bit. Yeah, they, they their defense kicked it up a notch the other night, no doubt about it. All right, so when we get back from break, it's going to be Thanksgiving Day at Saturdays in Canada. We'll be right back. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
It's Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West from 151 Sports Investing. And this week, it's a little different because it's a holiday in Canada, isn't it, Wes? It, it is a little different. It, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how they treated the... Uh, uh, they treated the natives up there in Canada, so we'll leave that political discussion for another show. Well, my guess is more is they were polite about it. Canadians are typically polite people. Um, never had a bad we got, experience. We got two games in Canadian football Monday, and they start early out here. Yeah, so the yeah, it's it's NFL kickoff times for the most part. It's uh, it, it's noon central is the first one. We're looking at Ottawa against Montreal. And the spread for this is all over the place. I, I'm actually at, uh, looking right at CFL.com right now. Who who had they have the spread at, at eight and a half? I've seen it at seven and a half. My book has it at seven and a half, and that's where I'm going to go with it. Uh, but I don't think this game's going to be close. Ottawa is. They've shown some resilience this past couple couple games, but uh, you know you got the top scoring team in the league against the team that likes to allow the most points in the league and Ottawa has a third string quarterback. He's actually playing better than the, than the first two guys were, but, but Montreal just hangs points and Ottawa just allows them to the last time they played Montreal hung over 50. So the over under here is 50 and a half. I'm not willing to go there, but I think Montreal is going to hang a ton of points and they're going to cover this spread. We're, we're taking the owls and we're going to lay the seven and a half. If it's eight or eight and a half on your book, I'd be comfortable laying that too. I think Montreal is going to win by a minimum of 10. Well, uh, you mentioned Montreal put a 51 on somebody. Any rememberings who that was? Ottawa. <laughs> and remember, we had a nice run with Otto to that rainy. It was a rainy game. They won, I think. But, uh, you know, after, after looking at them, I mean, the last five games, four of them have gone over. They've given up 35, 45, and 51 points. You're not going to win a lot of any game. Well, maybe basketball. You could probably win a basketball game if you only give up 35 points, you know. But you're not going to win too many football games. Yeah, we, we've done a pretty good uh, job of, ca of cashing tickets betting against Ottawa this year, except for that one little uh, leeway, but I will remember that uh, I not only bet against them, but I waited around and bet against them in the second half. And the reason is, in their last seven, there's one and six against the spread. But listen to this: in the second half, they have scored seven points, six points, ten points, zero points, seven points, and seven points. They also had a sixteen and a seventeen game, but the sixteen game was when they had given up fifty-one. And the uh, 17 game was the game they won. So other than that, they, they just don't score points in the second half. They, they don't. And they're another one of those teams. A lot of the CFL has just been really battered at, at the quarterback position. And then that's part of where, where Ottawa is. But, no, they, they typically don't. Well, it, it doesn't really matter whether you're in high school or in college or in the pros, Canadian National Football League. If you're playing with a guy that wasn't your starting quarterback, you're at a disadvantage. Yep. So well, the, the second game of the day is at 3 three o'clock Central. That's at Hamilton. It's Toronto at Hamilton. The line I'm looking at is five. And, you know, Hamilton is another one of those teams where they, they, they've had some instability at quarterback. You know, they started the season with Masoli. Evans played. They, they had a third stringer at one point. And, and the, 
the sum of all of it is they've really struggled to score points. They got Masoli back a week ago. Uh, he didn't look he didn't look great. They only scored 20 against Montreal. Montreal's not the greatest defense. Uh, so I, in this spot, I, you know, Toronto, they I think they're getting great quarterback play with Bethel Thompson, and they just had a defensive performance like we haven't seen this season. They had three touchdowns coming from the defensive or special team side of the ball. Uh, it doesn't matter to me that that was against Ottawa. I mean, they just put on a defensive clinic uh, a couple nights ago. So I, I really like Toronto and the way that defense is looking, getting five points, going against a team that's kind of struggling to score points. Hamilton's defense is going to be pretty lights out. I don't see this being a terribly high-scoring game, but I, I like the team that's that's playing consistent ball right now in, in Toronto, and I love getting five points in this spot. doesn't matter to me that it's a road game for, for the Argos. Yeah, Hamilton in their first quarter games are six and one under, uh, one five in a row under for the for the first half, and for the for the game for the entire year, only one of their games has gone over. Otherwise, Hamilton's games are all unders. You know, the 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 under overs really are a result of, of what's happening on the field. It, the the under over really is a result, and and this game, this Hamilton Toronto game. Uh, keep in mind, this is this is for control of that division. So th- it means a little bit more if uh, Toronto wins, they extend their lead on that division. If Hamilton wins, and now we have a little bit of a tie uh, in, in a pretty weak division. But uh, it it does matter uh, that that they that Hamilton gets a win because the way that it'll work in the CFL playoffs, if if the second place team doesn't have a better record than the third place team of the other division, they bring the third place team in and they throw you out. It's not the same way that it works in the NFL. So Hamilton needs to win here. Uh, I just, this is going to be a hard fought game. I just, I, I don't like the five points. Yeah. And, and they, these teams played a back to back series uh, earlier in the summer, right? I believe they did. Yeah. It says here that uh, they played on the sixth and then back again on the 10th, four days later. Yeah. And it was, 32 to 19 the first time Hamilton, 16 to 17. So the bottom line is they played them twice, Toronto, and they haven't scored 20 on them yet. It's probably why they got a lot of U's next to their name. And five points. Again, a matchup like this. Last time they played, it was 17 16. So in that spot, you just take the points. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, man. Enjoy your, your uh, Thanksgiving in Canada. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll, we're going to have to do some research and, and do some social media posts on that. Wish everybody in Canada uh, a happy Thanksgiving. This has been Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West. We'll catch you next time, Wes. Yeah. Welcome to Soccer Time with Hector. Now, Hector, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking USL, but I wanted to get an idea of where the soccer season is right now with Mexico leagues, with international. What's happening? All uh, right. Now we got some games. Um... This not tournament. I was gonna say this uh, weekend. There's gonna be three total to cap off this like round of uh, a playing and stuff. And uh, fortunately for the U.S., they're gonna be without their two other best players. Christian Pulisic's injured, and I think Weston McKinney might be injured too. So they'll be, be without the, their two big stars, and they're like in uh, third place right now with five points. So they'll be looking to get some wins and avoid any drama like they had last time where they missed the World Cup. And for Mexico, they got games against the Central American teams and stuff. So it'll be an interesting tournament because they want to 
create as much of a buffer, both the U.S. and Mexico, by the time it gets towards the end of the uh, qualifying tournament, to have a not have that that dramatic ending like they did Mexico in 2014 and obviously the U.S. in 2018. Yeah, I, I remember. You know, they they lost the people they shouldn't lost to, and if you lose the people you shouldn't lost to, you're gonna lose. Really yeah, nice. if you play to the level of your competition, sounds great when you're playing against Germany, you're playing against Belgium or France. But if you're playing against Concacaf teams at the level that they're you're going to leave yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah, will you personally watch those games? Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm definitely into it. I'm, a, I'm always rooting for El Tri. Grew up in Mexico, so that's the only team I root for. And if it, come, if it comes down to the U.S. and Mexico, like a winner-take-all kind of thing for, like, making the World Cup, it'll be a, definitely a sight to see here in San Diego. Has that happened? Well, the closest thing that's come to, like, a qualifier, like, uh, in terms of qualifying, not really, but in the World Cup 20, 2002, Landon Donovan scored against Mexico and they kicked them out of the 2002 World Cup. And then the uh, U.S. played against Germany after that and uh, they lost 1-0 on a controversial no, no penalty kick that oh, Germany yeah. got in their favor. So there's a little bit of history there between the two teams, obviously. Now Landon Donovan coaching San Diego Loyal, which is a great transition right now. There's always that, that, that admiration, but that also that, that history of rivalry, you know? No doubt. All right, so let's talk about usl we're gonna we're gonna hit one game go to break then we'll hit it the, the uh, a couple games i always like to have our guests give three plays this way you could be a winner or a loser two and two is great but it don't mean it don't mean nothing in your pocketbook so so let's look at first of all let's look at how you're doing with your play so far uh, in, in usl after you know a month or so uh what what are you noticing when you've won what do you notice when you didn't cash well, the draws are tricky for me because the two times that I haven't pulled in my ticket is because I picked draws and the last-minute goals killed me. And you can still do that, obviously. Like, and you can pick draws if you want, but it's got to be, like, a situation where the team, you know, is, like, a, a strong, dependable, defensive team that's not going to give up a stupid goal at the end. So I'm going to stick to wins this time and focus more on teams that I know are better than the other one. So there's no more complications in that sense. But overall... I've won more than I've lost in the in the uh, picks that I've had so far, and I'm going to intend to keep that going. Yeah, what, what, what I'm going to do is uh, when we get back from break, after you talk about your first game, we're going to look at see if we can find some of these odds on these games and really kind of explain the difference between picking the winner, picking the loser, or picking a draw. So let's talk about your first team. Right here, I'm going to go with the uh, – stick with the Pacific, um, the, uh, Pacific Division in the USL that I'm watching since uh, week one. And I'm going to go with the game Tacoma Defiance against Orange County. Tacoma Defiance was a team that was starting off the season really, really, really good. They looked like they were going to make the playoffs. Now they've lost like seven in a row in like eight of their last nine games. So they're pulling a San Diego Padres in that sense. And the uh, Orange County SC is right now in third place in the division, and they're looking to uh, not go down because only the top four teams in the division make the playoffs. It's going to be at uh, Tacoma Defiance. I think Tacoma knows they need to turn it around quick. And they've had success against OC this season. They have uh, they haven't lost against the, in the three games that they played. They've won a couple, and they drew in one of them. So I think Tacoma is going to pull off the upset, quote-unquote, here at home because they know it's a must-win for them. They can't lose any more points, and I'm going to go with a 2-1 win of Tacoma over OC in my upset. Yeah, if you take away the Orange County game, Tacoma is horrible. I mean, they, zero, one, one, zero, zero, one, one, and then, and then 
they they have uh, they won a game, so they literally did. You got nothing but red L's there. And when you when I go to Flashcore, Flashcore uses those colors good. I mean, you can't yeah. miss all those red L's. But sure enough, there it is. They beat uh, Orange County three to nothing. Yeah, and they played good against. The, I watched all their games against San Diego Loyal, and they beat beat them the first three times they played them. But obviously, they lost the last game they played. But it's one of those tricky teams that you know they're streaky as hell. Right now they're on a bad streak. But I think coming back in the home field and knowing that it's a must-win situation for them, I think they're going to pull through this time. All right, so when we get back from break, we're going to talk a couple more USL. We're going to look at that whole three-way betting action, which is very unusual for soccer. We don't do that with football. You're listening to Soccer Time with Hector on To Be Determined. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Soccer Time with Hector. Hector, you already gave us one play for USL. Now, the USL is is cool for us here in Southern California because these are local teams and they're playing primetime Saturday night, right? Yeah, they got a lot of exposure. ESPN Plus shows all their games pretty much. And obviously, we got the locals ones, local games here in San Diego. So, And it's, like I said, it's an up-and-coming um uh, league and stuff, and it's like comparable, not in terms of quality necessary to the MLS, but a lot of their players have played in the MLS and some in the IMX. So it's good quality soccer, and it's getting a lot of people's attention. No doubt, we're we're enjoying cash and tickets. So let's tell us about the second game you like. Second game, I'm gonna stick with what's been working for me so far: Phoenix Rising against Oakland, and uh, they're gonna be playing at Phoenix Rising, and I think that. Uh, you know, Phoenix is one of those teams that, like I said a, a week ago, they they got that chip on their shoulder because they didn't have a chance to play the final because the whole COVID situation. And they had won the Western Conference Championship. They were in the face with uh, Tampa Bay, who won the Eastern, but it never happened. So they know deep down they should have at least gotten a shot to win the trophy last year. And right now they're tearing it up. I think they're already like pretty much locked into the first uh, spot in their division. And right now they're playing for best record in the league. So... I think they're going to keep it going. Oakland's an up-and-coming team that's playing for the fourth and final playoff seed. And they're a good team. They just beat uh, Sacramento 3-1 to or 2-1. to And uh, pretty much they're a team that, uh, you know, it's feisty. They play they play hard. They play really defensive counterattack. But I think Phoenix Rising's got too many weapons for them, especially at home. So I'm going to go with Phoenix Rising winning this one pretty easy, 3-1. to Yeah, we, we had talked about Phoenix Rising last time because – they had a string of like four straight games with red cards, which you don't really see red cards very often. I mean, they happen, but you, I look at enough soccer now. You can look down flash score of a thousand games. You'll, you'll see some red cards, but not too many. They did not get one last time against OC, but they won one nothing. So obviously they, uh, they either weren't called or they toned it down a bit, right? Yeah, that was their first win against Orange County at Orange County. So they're going to be flying high, too. And the whole, it's one of those teams that goes with the flow of what the referee is doing. They're really smart, smart in that sense. They're coaches, too. So if the referee is going to let you get away with murder, they're going to keep playing like that. So it's kind of those things that uh, until a red card gets called, then they're going to maybe, like, temper off a little bit. But they're a team with a lot of ex- experience. They're going to be playing with uh, home fans. And I think it's going to be uh, just – it's not even going to be that close. I think they're going to bump them. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about the, the final third game. Third game of the week is, uh, for me, is going to be my San Diego Loyal that I've been following since they started playing last year. Uh, they're pretty much locked. I wouldn't say locked into the second spot, but they're, they're pretty, like, I think I saw 
a 98% chance of them making the playoffs in uh, 538.com. So uh, they're not going to be playing like taking anything for granted because the last time they played Sacramento, they gave up a late goal in the final play of the game, actually, that cost them a victory and they had to settle for a draw. And Sacramento, like I said, is one of those teams that's playing for the final spot in their division and the final uh, to make the playoffs. So I think they're going to come out feisty. I think Sacramento knows having lost their last game against Oakland, they got to start winning, getting three points instead of one. But I think San Diego is like just a better team. They're hitting their stride. Uh, they're, like I said, in second place. And some of their best players are playing their best football right now. They're getting healthy, too. They're getting back Jack Metcalf and um, and a couple other players as well. Jack Blake's coming back, one of their leading goal scorers. So I think it's going to be a pretty close game, closer than uh, Phoenix and Oakland. But I think San Diego is going to pull it out 2-1. to one. Well, you know, it's funny because they, they really are. Their last seven games are 5-1-1. One, and one, And, you know, it really doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Five one one is going to work for you most times. Yeah, that's what happened last season too. But the whole controversy that happened was like the uh, the racial comment that the LA Galaxy two player made and uh, the homophobic slur that was issued to other players that got the national attention. And uh, I think uh, they want to make the playoffs. And I think Landon Donovan's got that still mentality that he wants to finish strong too. Yeah, listen to this. I mean, they scored seven goals in the last two games. And uh, during that streak, they had another set of games where they scored seven goals. So out of seven games in four of them, they've averaged three and a half goals. Did you give a score on this one? Yeah, I got them winning two to one. Uh, even though their goalkeeper's uh, playing lights out, Austin Guerrero, shout out to him. He came in when Trey Muse, their starter, got injured. I think a broken finger or something like that. But he's got like five shutouts this year. So he's playing balls out right now, and I think he's going to keep it going. I think Sacramento will score on them, but I think Lowe's got too much offense right now. They're going to win it 2-1. Yeah, the only position on a soccer field where a broken finger means anything is the goalie because otherwise you don't use them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. And he's a young guy. He's really talented, so I'm sure he'll come back. It'll be kind of a controversy if he gets healthy by playoff time, if they're going to bring him back as a starter. But I think Austin's done such a good job. I think he's like locked into like the starting position as goalkeeper. Ah, there you go. Good luck on your plays. We'll talk to you again next time. Take it easy. Good morning, San Diego. It, it is Wake and Bake on To Be Determined. And it really, it's not only early for everyone, it's really early for Charles from San Diego because he's in the Pacific time zone. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right, so we, we talked to a few of the guests this week on To Be Determined. None of them, however, I think, had gotten up early and hit the patio. But what we're asking them is, so far, in, in, in either college or NFL, whatever you're talking about, it doesn't matter. What is it that you're noticing that you're surprised? And what are you noticing that you're not shocked at all? Well, um, you know, I'm very surprised with how some of the top teams in the NFL have been against the spread this this year um not covering and in some cases not even winning the game and in college one thing that i've noticed is the underdogs have been doing a great job covering and in some cases even winning and you know that's why they call it gambling but as long as we're on the right side using the right data why do you think are you just noticing it more i mean there's always dogs that are winning are you just noticing it more or are you betting them more this year 
I think it's a, a little both, but I have definitely been um, on more underdogs than I normally am just because, especially in college, I mean, these these teams believe they can beat these better teams and they're playing them tough. And in some cases they're covering the game, the whole game. And you're watching in the third and fourth quarter with a little bit of sativa relaxing, having a great, great time. No, that's true. That's true. We, I had recently had a, a, a parlay with two uh, money line underdogs. It was, it was a very nice day. There's no doubt about it. Speaking of sativa though, one of the things that I, I, Failed to mention to you before we started Wake and Bake this week was my story. So I have a story. And the story, uh, I told it Thursday night, but I'm going to tell it again because it was funny. So I'm creating a commercial spot for Wake and Bake. And it involves smoke coming out of my mouth. So I take the video and then I can't see the smoke. So then I take it again and I still can't see the smoke. So I know the smoke was there the first two times. So I assume it's me. Nope, it's not me. So now I get my wife involved and I got Vicky helping me. She does the fourth and the fifth take. Well, no, five <laughs> takes when you're filling a cannabis spot is five tokes. Okay. So every single time. And then finally went online and it says that when you're doing smoke scenes, you have to have the lighting behind the smoke. So it's really, it's all about the lighting, which it always is with video. But by this time, Charles, I was so high, I couldn't work for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I got to the point you forgot what you were doing. <laughs> really, I really did. I kept forgetting to give her the phone. Oh, it was funny. All right, so give us a winner. Well, two of the three games I really like to start the day off on Sunday, um, they're both favorites, and not only were they favorites last week, but they struggled to to cover and won. They both didn't cover and one didn't even win the game. But I'm going to get back on them this week because they have some players coming back. So my first pick is the Titans. Tennessee's at Jacksonville, and they're given four and a half. They have A.J. Brown coming back. They really struggled without their two main receivers. I know Julio Jones. I'm I'm assuming that based on the reports, he is not going to play. And A.J. Brown is back. I expect him to open up the field for Tannehill, and that will get Derrick Henry going. Jacksonville is just a terrible team. Urban Meyer has his controversies right now with him, you know, acting out in public. And um, I think the Titans – the Titans going to Jacksonville, they take care of business and they cover. Yeah, well, and they should. I mean, they should. What they did to a lot of people last week was mean. It was just mean. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I, I didn't look at the, the notes, but you know there were a chunk of people that lost their survivor. Oh, that was sick. That was yeah. sick. I mean, the New York Jets, yeah, that was that was a tough one. No doubt about it. All right, well, when we come back from break, it's Wake and Bake. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Good morning, San Diego. Welcome back to Wake and Bake on To Be Determined. We've got Charles from San Diego. Now, bear with me because, <clears throat> you know what? I'm, I'm not really a vape kind of guy. And uh, so I, I like flour. And, and, and sometimes flour can kind of get your little throat burn there so bear with me bear with me as i regain my composure okay so 
It's wake and bake. It's really early on Saturday morning. Uh, what do you normally do for breakfast early Saturday morning? I like to wake up, make some scrambled eggs, a little bit of bacon, grab a bagel. Not wrong with that. that. Not wrong with that. Yeah, you know what? For me, Saturday morning, you know, I get up early, wake and bake, and breakfast is just better. Breakfast is better after wake and bacon. There's no doubt about it. It really is. And, and, and it really doesn't matter to me. Like, so I, my home dispensary is Urban Leaf. They open at 7, but if I get there right at 7, I get the early bird discount, and by being a, a San Diego resident, I get the hometown discount, and it's like getting pre-taxes because, as you know, taxes exactly, are Exactly, yeah. Taxes are crazy high. All right, so second game, who do you like? I love Tampa Bay. You know, that was a tough one in New England last week. I feel that Tampa Bay did play to the Patriots scheme. And I think Tampa Bay at home, they are given 10, um, is, uh, is going to roll. The Dolphins are playing with their backup quarterback. And it is going to be a perfect day for football. I mean, we're talking mid-80s. Not a cloud in the sky. Tom Brady has all his guys back. Yeah, Gronk is going to be hurt. But I think all the pressure from Tom Brady going back to New England, breaking the passing record, the history with the Patriots. Um, I don't want to say it was over overwhelming for the Buccaneers, but I think every player felt a little bit of that. Now they're going to be calm. They're going to be collected. And I expect the... Buccaneers to win by at least 18 points against the Dolphins. The thing that they do at home is they score, don't they? Holy cow. Yeah, yes, they do. They find a way to put those points up. So There's no doubt a team total there would be a way to go, especially knowing that the Miami's given up some points this year already. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, we always have our guests, no matter what show. You could be coming on with Mo on Something's Got to Give or, or Hector on Soccer time or Blackhawk West. Well, Blackhawk West is a little different because we only have, when we start CFL for Saturdays in Canada, there's only four games to begin with. So sometimes he doesn't have three games. But normally it's always three games. You know, two and two is great. All you get your money back. But with three, you got to win or lose. So talk to us. Who's your tiebreaker? I like Green Bay going into Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a great football game. I think that the Bengals having 10 days to rest, you know, that'll definitely work in their advantage. But I think Green Bay is awake, and that week one, it shook them. They're back. They're playing well. Their offense is in sync. And just to be safe, though, I'm going to buy the half point. I'm going to get it down to two and a half, and I'm going to bet on Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, if you bet on Aaron Rodgers, the last six times he was away from Green Bay, you cashed five of those. The only one was New Orleans. Remember, they got trounced. They got trounced by New Orleans. Remember? Yeah, that was a weird game, and, you know, he handled it well. He said it's just one game, and sure enough, um, well, he showed up. That was opening weekend. And, again, yeah, remember, that... the NFL was so weird, Charles, this year because of the way there was a, the week off. They never got a week off. They had only three games. So so that first week, it, it for some teams, it might be the reason they don't make playoffs. But for a team like Green Bay – Again, like you said, just a speed bump, you know? If those two teams played again next week, we know a majority of the action would be on the Packers. They are the better team. That game was a fluke. They they just picked up um, Jalen Smith from the Cowboys. What a great addition to their defense. They are – the Packers will be in the talk come the end of the year. Well, they are. 
every year in the NFC, they're one of the teams to beat, no doubt about it. And, and really, it doesn't matter how high you are, you're not going to argue <laughs> that Green Bay is one of the teams to beat. Am I right? Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, buddy, as always, we appreciate you stopping by the show. Have a great, great Saturday. Yeah, you too. Don't forget your sativa. All right, buddy. Well, thanks again for tuning in to 2B Determined because, really, your weekend is still such – I mean, it's barely noon on the East Coast. It's 9 o'clock out here in San Diego. you got a whole day of college football. you got some plays there. you got pro football tomorrow. And, of course, it's Canada's Thanksgiving Monday. We get three football games. Always be cashing.